Hi, everyone. It's Megan Rabbit. I am the editor-in-chief of Scarlet Society, and today's guest is Melissa Khalil, a certified professional coach, certified divorce specialist, and single mom to three daughters. It was during her own difficult divorce that Melissa took a step back and examined how she approached life. After spending 40 years with a should've, could've, would've attitude, she decided she didn't want her glass-half-empty thinking to bleed into the next 40 years. Refusing to be a victim and determined to be an example to her young daughters, Melissa sought out all avenues of expertise and guidance, and that's how she discovered the field of divorce coaching. Through work in private and group coaching programs, noticeable shifts started happening in the way Melissa started thinking. She began to critically examine her thoughts. She stopped being a victim to her circumstances, and she started accepting responsibility for her choices. She stopped obsessing about what she couldn't control and started focusing on what she could change. Thanks to divorce coaching, Melissa's future as a single mother started to look a lot less bleak and a lot more fulfilling, peaceful, and exciting. And it actually led her to become a divorce coach herself. Now, Melissa helps her clients incorporate the strategies she found to be most helpful throughout her own process to support her clients in their divorce and even beyond. She's a contributor to Scarlet Society, writing articles aimed at helping readers feel empowered through the divorce process. And we had such a great chat today. We talked all about how a divorce coach can really help you through all stages of the process, how to understand if you actually need a divorce coach, what some of the signs might be that a divorce coach would be really helpful for you. And we talked a lot about how the process of divorce can feel really daunting and scary and yes, be very difficult, but can also kind of push you into this new realm in which you feel empowered and like you have a fresh start. And people like Melissa are, you know, trying to help give those others going through divorce the tools they need to really make the best of the situation and take control. So I hope you enjoy this episode. You're listening to the Scarlet Society podcast, the show that encourages women over 40 to be excited, curious, and even turned on by starting the second half of their life. This is the show for support, community, and conversation about everything that goes along with this season, from sexual health and wellness to sexual exploration, finances, monogamy, and relationships. No topic is off limits. Let's dive in. Let's dive right in. So I would love to start with just getting a little bit about your background, you know, what you do and how you found this um, new career as a, a divorce specialist. Sure. Um, so, well, I went through my own divorce, as you know, like most, honestly, most divorce coaches have. And during my divorce, I really, for the first time ever, discovered coaching. And before, I'd always thought of coaching as something very, you know, luxurious, who has a coach. It sounds so sort of, you know, pretentious. And um, really, I, I, the way I describe it is it's what I never knew I needed. Uh, so I've always been very much a proponent of mental health and getting therapy, but coaching is very different. And when I discovered it in my divorce, it was very instrumental in helping me sort of take a disempowering thought and reframe it so that I can actually think in a way that moves me forward. And divorce is a very ripe time to be thinking in ways that are all about failure and what's gone wrong. So coaching for me 
during that time of my life was very well suited, especially because you want to put the past behind you. You want to see movement. You want to go forward. Yeah. I just, I enrolled in some group coaching programs. I had my own coach that is, was someone going through a training herself who'd also been through a divorce and it was just very impactful. I just got more out of one session than I did in therapy and therapy is very important. But again, your therapist is not an expert really in the divorce niche. So they don't quite understand the, you know, changing scenery and landscape of your life in that time of your life. They, they're more healing from past traumas. So that's what I found. And I'm a very analytical person. I love to talk about my thoughts and, you know, what's going on in my head. And that's exactly what coaching is. It's kind of like taking a thought, analyzing it, thinking if it's true, challenging it, and then trying to replace it with something a little more not necessarily positive, but I like to use the word empowering. So it's productive. Mm-hmm. It's not like a thought that's just like slapping a positive affirmation on. It's, an, it's a productive thought. You know, you said something before that I'd love to ask a little more about if you're willing to go there, which is that, you know, during your own divorce, you know, you found yourself being disempowered. And I wonder if you can give an example maybe of some of that, you know, kind of that thought process that really felt disempowering and how your own coach helped you change that way of thinking. Sure. Just the, the constant, this was all my fault, the regret, um, sort of being sucked back into would have, could have, should have, which I personally have a really bad tendency to live by. That was my previous sort of MO in life. And it just allowed me to give power to something outside of myself that wasn't in my control, which is my external circumstances. That was my divorce couldn't change that. And so when you have somebody that really says, okay, well, let's examine that would have, or that could have, or that should have. And let's just see how true is that on a scale of one to 10, how true is it? That's it's all your fault that your marriage failed. Well, then I'd be like, oh, okay, well, you know what? You've got a point. There were some things that I did very well. There were some things that he may have contributed to in a negative way. And, and then you just sort of go and you kind of break down the facts of the matter. And then you come out with a completely different focus. You know, you feel a little bit better about yourself and you also feel like the power suddenly has gone less on what's happening to you and more on like how you can control what, what you can control going forward. It sounds like an amazing experience, right? Because you go from just being caught in your thoughts and feeling like nothing can change to then suddenly working with someone and feeling the total opposite. Yeah. What's so interesting to me is that, you know, therapy is, is very important, but therapy, and we may, I know we may get into this later on, but therapy is, is very much about sort of delving into how you got to where you are. And I feel like it sort of misses the mark in, in really, truly analyzing what someone's mindset is at the moment. There are some therapists that do that. Um, the reason it's called coaching is because it's just like coaching at the gym, except you're coaching your mindset. You know, you have someone there saying, like, the way you're doing this rep or the way you're thinking about this thought is not going to build your, your mental muscle. And so you, you need to practice 
actually challenging your thoughts because you can get lazy. And when I say lazy, I mean like you just don't bother and you let your mind take control of you rather than you can taking control of it. And that's all that coaching is about is like your mind can work very much for you or can be your worst enemy and work against you. And in a time in divorce, you really want it working for you for so many different reasons. So that's where it just has such an impact and specifically in divorce, but in, in any field, coaching is, is huge right now. You know, take me into the moment, if you would, when you knew you wanted to be a divorce coach. Were you still in the midst of your own divorce? Had you gotten past that and sort of in retrospect realized how much it helped you? Like, what was the aha moment? Honestly, I know exactly when it was. When the divorce was sort of, I knew it was happening. Before it even officially started, I would listen to a lot of podcasts where coaches were, many coaches have their own podcasts and I would listen to it. And I just, every time I listened to one, I would feel so much better at the end. I was just like, there's people out there that, that help with this exact problem. There's people out there that know what I'm thinking. I mean, it sounds like they're speaking right to me and how amazing is it? And how lucky am I that there's someone proving, giving evidence that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And that is just, you feel so much less isolated. So that was something that was very inspiring to me, seeing other women and there's men as well, but mainly the women that have been through their own divorce and have turned it around and are then helping other people. And then also I've always been interested in the mind and psychology and in health in general, but, but particularly mental health. And I just, I knew that this was an area that I, it just would never feel like I was working. I would just feel like it was my purpose in life. It was my calling. And so that's sort of when I knew, I was like, when I get through this, I want to do something with it and really, and help others with what I've experienced. So if you're at a cocktail party and someone is, you know, talking to you about what you do and you say, I'm a divorce coach. And then they're like, well, what exactly is that? You know, what's the sort of like cocktail party banter about like in a nutshell, what is it that you do now? So I would say to them, the best way to describe it is a non-judgmental thought partner that acts as your challenger, but also your cheerleader to get you from A to B during any stage of divorce. Okay. So that could be there's some people that come to me in the, should I stay or should I go? They're in a situation, they want to get out, they don't know how, they're scared, they can't make the move. And then there's people that are going through the divorce. So they need help just from one mediation or court date to the next, processing their thoughts and getting their, making decisions. And then there's people who have finished, you know, they finalize their divorce and they just need help moving on. They need a light at the end of the tunnel. They're depressed about the idea of getting back out there in their work life or in their dating. And so they need somebody to motivate them and to keep them on track with each goal. So a lot of it is sort of looking at what stage of the process they're in and what their goals are, where every one of these three stages I've sort of described, it's all about people wanting to move forward. They want to make the decision to stay or go. They want to get through the divorce expediently without spending too much money, without, you know, destroying their kids or their relationship with their ex, or they want to move on and they want to know what job they're going to be in. And will they want to date again? Will they want to meet someone? So there's a lot of that. There's also a lot of the single parenting stuff that comes into it. It's about holding someone's hand, but also teaching them to to train their mind, to think in a way that's going to not just serve them through all these stages, but beyond in life. Because you can really take a lot of the tools. A lot of coaches teach you how to coach your own mind. You can take those tools and apply them to anything in life, obviously. I feel like a lot of people are going to listen to that 
and say, ooh, I need that. <laughs> but if for someone who's maybe on the fence or who's like, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm having, let's say, a really amicable divorce. Do I need a divorce coach? Or I feel really strong. Do I need a divorce coach? You know, what would you say are the signs, say, or the sort of clues that a divorce coach could really help you? Sure. So I see it. There's a, there's a couple of different reasons. One is I do see a lot of typically women, you know, and there are some men, but a lot of women that were basically me, right? I'm coaching someone that was in my exact situation. The stay-at-home mom, they feel a little bit more in the dark. They're a little, they're the less moneyed spouse, as we call it. So they've been at home. The, the husband's been making money all these years. And they are intimidated by the process. They are um, scared. They feel like they completely need to rely on their lawyer for everything. And that's not a good use of time because they're going to be calling their lawyer to process all these feelings and thoughts. And you're paying a lawyer anywhere from 300 to 500 an hour, which is not what you're paying a divorce coach, unfortunately. (laughs) So, So they just need a little more education along each stage of the process and handholding. And then again, the motivation, the sort of goal setting from one step to the next. So that would be number one, like someone who's a little more, um, been out of it for a while and they feel their spouse is sort of in the position of power. The second reason would be if you need help with organization, you know, like you just can't get your your documents together and you want to build a budget and you need somebody, there's some coaches, I don't do this specifically, but there's some coaches who also do um, what's called certified divorce financial planning. So they can help with the financial piece of it. But most of us can help with, you know, here are the documents you need to collect and here's every statement you need. So we can help strategize for them going forward. They also may not understand the different kinds of divorce. And then we can hear a little bit more about the situation and like, okay, well, this sounds like maybe you can consider mediation or collaboration. So it's a lot of education in a situation like that. Um, And then you also have the high conflict cases. So that's when you know your spouse, you soon to be ex, is very emotionally immature, high conflict, narcissistic is the use, the term that's used a lot. And there's a lot of conflict going on and that can just bleed your soul dry. So working with someone like me who is trained in, you know, helping someone cope with the conflict, helping somebody literally tell them phrases to use, canned phrases to use when someone that's highly narcissistic tries to gaslight them or stonewall them or whatever, that can help a lot. Just knowing you have a tool available when dealing with the personality like that. And then self-care, you know, in a situation like that, there's so much fear, there's so much conflict and you're worried about your kids and you don't think about the fact that you may, you need to actually put your oxygen mask on if you want to even be there for your children. And so we can help a lot with the, that emotional side of, you know, self-care and just processing all the thoughts and feelings that come up. And then the other big one is if you're an extrovert and by extrovert, I don't mean like someone social. I mean, someone who outwardly analyzes their thoughts and feelings a lot. They need to talk a lot. You're not going to, again, spend $500 an hour if you have a good attorney, like my attorney would say to me, Melissa, I'm not equipped for this and you should call your therapist or your coach because I'm charging you 500 an hour and this is something that's not legal. You can go take this to someone who's trained to help you on the emotional side of it. So you're going to bring down your legal fees if you have a good coach alongside you so that you can 
basically speak about everything you're thinking and feeling and analyze your thought process with them rather than with your lawyer. I feel like this is all so points to how to have an empowered divorce, which is something I really love about the content on Scarlet Society. You know, our founder is a divorced woman who actually had one of those, like what sounds like a magical unicorn, really amicable situation. And she feels really, you know, passionate about helping other women understand that it doesn't have to be hell. Um, And, you know, when she was going through her divorce, she Googled divorce and was just overwhelmed by what you read on Google. And I know you just wrote an amazing article for Scarlet Society on these, you know, divorce myths that you'll see when you start the process and the truth behind each. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about, you know, maybe even just one or two of the big ones. Like what do your clients say when they first see you about like, this feels the scariest and, and you're able to say to them, I know it feels scary and you read all about it, but it doesn't have to be that way. Sure. Well, the biggest one, which I wrote about, and obviously this is what I feel like comes to everyone's mind is that divorce is going to ruin my kids. That's just, you know, when you think about divorce, it's the first thing I feel like pops into people's mind. And, and, And I definitely have clients that are like, you know, they sort of watching their children's behavior. And I do the same thing still to this day. And I have to catch myself pinning everything, every misstep of the kids on the fact that their parents went through a divorce. So you just think immediately it's going to ruin your kids. And the truth of the matter is, and again, this is also quite widely understood now, it's not divorce itself. It's how someone gets divorced and handles it that really hurts the children. So it's the conflict involved. So when you really control for conflict and look at the conflict in homes, then if you don't get divorced, but there's still conflict in your home, the kids are going to be even worse off because they're going to learn what love is in a very dysfunctional situation. So you're sort of comparing apples to oranges by saying divorce hurts kids. It's like, well, what are you comparing it to? You're comparing it to a perfectly happy household where their parents love each other and it's harmonious. Sure, it's going to be hard for the children, but you're comparing it to a household with addiction, abuse, adultery going on and extreme toxicity, then it's the best thing you can do for them. And we know tons, I'm sure you know tons of people who said their parents finally got divorced when they left home. And they were like, I wish they'd got divorced earlier because they were just fighting all the time. So it's not a blanket true statement to say divorce hurts children. Yes, it's challenging. Yes, it's going to destabilize them. It's going to take them, it's going to be a big transition in their life, but there's a lot you can do to manage that as a parent, even if the other parent is extremely combative, I still feel like if you can be their rock, then the kids will be okay. It's not going to be easy, but they will be okay. So that, that, that's another lie. Another one is that, you know, a lot of people are threatened by their soon to be ex. They'll say something like, I'll leave you with nothing or you won't have the children. I'll take the kids. And that is extremely scary. And then they go and read online examples of when that's happened before. So that's a very, it's kind of like when a doctor will say, don't, you know, I'm not Dr. Google. Like don't go Google your disease. Lawyers say the same thing. Don't Google your divorce because every divorce is different. Every situation is different. And the truth of the matter, if you go looking for someone who lost their kids online, you're going to find that. That has to be a very extreme circumstance. So when someone believes that lie from their soon-to-be ex and something they read online, 
it's just threat. It's just literally, it's literally just a threat from someone who's just being a bully and scared themselves. So that that's another huge one is that people buy into like these, these lies from their ex and then they find evidence online. Another big one. And then the other, the other big one is, you know, that you'll be financially destitute. There's so many ways, and I speak about it in an article, that you can divorce these days with very little, you know, not very little. You, of course, it's going to, you're going to spend some money, but it doesn't have to cost you your entire retirement. You can do mediation. In my situation, we did mediation. We had lawyers consulting only, you know, halfway through towards the end to finalize everything. So if you're in a relatively good situation, you can do that. There's collaborative divorce these days. There's some people who just agree on everything and have an uncontested divorce. So it doesn't always, again, it's very dependent on the situation. And then another another big lie is that you have to be good friends or sort of have this amazing relationship off the bat with your ex to be a good co-parent. And our mediator gave us really good advice. She said, just treat each other at least as well as you would treat the target checkout person. I love that. Yeah. So you show, you know, you show, you want to show your children that you at least, at the very least respect their other parents. You don't have to be best friends with them or even on the best of terms. Just be respectful, treat them with how you'd want to be treated. And you can still start working on a a good co-parenting relationship. And hopefully with time, you are in a place one day where you can maybe spend the Christmas afternoon lunch together with the kids or I mean there's some situations where people go on vacations with their new significant others and the children I mean that's extreme I I get it but you know baby steps yeah yeah I mean do you ever work with clients or do you foresee working with clients who are you know well past their divorce but say oh I'm having a co-parenting issue and because I'm divorced I'd love to get your take about that is that something in the realm of what a divorce coach would do absolutely yeah there's definitely yeah. divorce coaches that focus just on co-parenting there's some that will will see both couples years afterwards actually and help with a co-parenting relationship that's not going well or communication situation so that's all part of it. I have um, some people that are, yes, they're already divorced and and co-parenting comes into it. And I personally have my own coach that works with me on co-parenting things that I need help with. So, you know, coaches all have their own coaches. So we all big on that. And I'm the first one to say, I use somebody to help me with parenting and co-parenting. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like it gives you that extra little bit of support to be able to know you can turn to someone because it seems to me like co-parenting stuff that comes up can come up five, 10, 15 years after a divorce. And yeah. In my personal situation, what I struggle with most is coping being a single mom. Like I have three very spirited little girls and it takes a village. It really takes a village. And when you're still figuring out your co-parenting relationship and maybe it's not the best, you can feel so alone that having someone, you know, to bounce ideas off of that's trained in this, that's maybe been through it themselves to give advice, to give, you know, tactics to try with your kids or with your own mindset as a parent, when you're facing your kids by yourself is, is it's a lifesaver. I love how you have written about the silver linings that can come out of divorce, which I also think is so hopeful and so empowering, really, because I think for anyone listening who is maybe at the start of the process or who's been through kind of a hard divorce, I'm sure it's really tough to see those silver linings, you know? So can you talk a little bit about that, about the importance of holding on to hope that 
there are better times ahead. And that actually, I mean, it sounds revelatory, but that you can actually have some gratitude for your divorce. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, one of the, you know, one of the biggest things that I see is people get that people that are being stuck in very bad situations, you know, abusive, addiction, adultery, Thank goodness I wasn't in, in that realm, but um, that's, you know, they get freedom. Honestly, they're getting freedom at the end of the day. They're getting out of a very, very, a, a situation that just kills a little bit of their soul every day. So there's a lot of people who immediately find gratitude just for that alone. You know, they're not at the mercy of somebody tearing them down the minute they walk home and they're under the same roof. So freedom is a, is a huge piece of it. The other piece in my case is it really makes you sort of take stock in how you've lived your life. Again, I was always, you know, the glass half empty thinker. This is going to really take me down. This mindset is going to really take me down in divorce. And I will not, I'm not going to live the rest of my life being in regret, always looking back and being this glass half empty person. Now's the time to really admit that that's how I was showing up in my life. And I don't want to live life that way. I finally learned a lesson that I feel life has been trying to teach me for the last 40 years. And I, was, I had to face it during my divorce. So that was something that I'm very grateful for because I, I now catch myself a lot more. I'm not perfect, but I catch myself a lot more than I did before it forces you out of your comfort zone. So this is what this is why I personally love working with divorcing women and and some men is that you really see people do amazing things afterwards and sort of realize that it can be a catalyst for growth. Again, sort of like what I said before, catalyst for my growth and how I was living my life, it changed that, but people have started incredible new careers. You know, I, I mean, just the, some of the divorce coaches I know, it's not just that. I mean, people have gone and, and gone back to school and changed careers completely. So they, they really reinvent themselves and look back and are like, I never would have done that if I hadn't gone through what I went through. And then another big piece of it for me is parenting. So again, my biggest struggle, just to be perfectly honest, is my struggles in parenting, you know, three relatively young children that are high energy, very strong world. And it forces me to constantly be finding ways of trying different strategies, trying different, you know, parenting styles. How can, and, and every day I wake up and I'm like, okay, yesterday was hard. It was a very bad transition day. They came back from their dad. They were, you know, melted down for me, but today we're going to try harder. So consciously trying to be a better parent. And I'm not saying we have to, you know, be the perfect parent, but just showing up every day in the best way you can for your kids. In my situation, it, it really sort of cemented that and made me realize how important that is. So I, I don't want to look back and not think I tried so hard to sort of nurture them the best way I could through it. So I, I, I'm grateful that it's made me a little more aware of how I am as a mom. Yeah, it almost sounds like, you know, for a lot of people who stay married and happily or maybe contently enough, you can really easily get on autopilot, you know, where good enough is your MO. But it sounds to me like you get a divorce and you're just like shot through this cannon where like, you know, everything is different. So you get to choose a whole new way of being, a whole new way of parenting in part because you have to, but it can be a really great opportunity. And there's some people who just, they did not parent well together. They didn't agree on their parenting styles. And you finally have, again, the freedom, the freedom to do it your own way and the freedom to, to put a little bit of your own style into it. And I, I mean, that works honestly for me. And I know for my ex-husband, because 
he thought I was too controlling. So now he gets to do it his way and I take my hands off the wheel and I've learned to take my hands off the wheel. And that took a lot of mental strength for me. I mean, as a mom, that was like almost a helicopter mom wanting to do everything. I had to control everything. I've been forced to just take a step back and let him do his thing. And that's good for him and it's good for our kids. It's awesome. You know, I feel like I'd love to hear about some of your best advice. You know, I I feel like I'd love to know your number one piece of advice, but I also kind of feel like maybe it's going to be hard to dial it to just one. (laughs) So for someone who's who's staring down this process, whether she or he knows it needs to happen, but it, you know, hasn't quite made the leap yet to start the process or, you know, early days in the process, like what would be your best advice? I would say, okay, a couple things. Again, there's a lot, but for me, and this is sort of where the coaching methodologies come into it, is you want to get very clear on your goal, your big picture. Who do I want to be? Who's my future self? Who's she going to be? And what's going to get me closer to my future self? Because in a time like divorce, it's really easy to slip backwards to, again, the regret, the should have, would have, could have. And so if you don't have a North Star, if you don't have a goal of who you want to be, whether that's a career you have in mind or the person you finally want to be or the relationship you want to have or the parent you want to be moving you forward, you can get sucked into a lot of the conflict and the minutiae along the way. The truth is it's not an easy, it's, it's usually, you know, unless you're one of the lucky unicorn divorces, it's, it's a challenging road ahead. There's going to be challenges and you're going to get distracted along the way. And you can be sucked into that kind of like heaviness and that depression of why is this happening to me? You want to have your goal and you want to think, why is this happening for me? And you keep your eye on that goal. And that helps you shut the door behind you because there's nothing worse than living in the past. That is my personal hell. I don't like to live in the past and I've done it my whole life. And that's how coaching helped me. Shut that door and focus on your on your goal. Then you have something to look, you know, you're working towards something. And no matter how hard every day of the divorce gets, you're working towards something. You know there's a why, you know there's a greater purpose. So that would be a a huge piece of advice. The second one is just remember, you know, treat your soon-to-be ex and anyone else how you want to be treated, the golden rule. And I really feel that helps keep things, you know, a little more amicable, a little more peaceful. Every step you make, just think about how you want to be, if that were happening to you, how you would feel. Because at the end of the day, this was somebody you loved once. There was good in them. You, You married them. You may have had, you probably had children with them. And... To the extent you can remember that and not just want to hurt them, you're going to get through and feel better about yourself on the other side. So just always think, would they like to be treated this way? You know, and there's going to be times maybe that you you feel they're not holding that rule up. And But to the extent you can, and we, I also call it keep your side of the street clean, keep your side of the street, do everything you can to look back and know you did your best. It's what you can control, right? It's like, Yeah. You know, I'm I'm compelled to ask you, do you have any regrets personally when you look back and have you kind of like cleaned those up, so to speak? Or, you know, yeah. Yeah, I definitely have. I definitely behaved in a way um, with out of hurt, out of very, very extreme hurt um, that I wasn't proud of, you know, and it wasn't me. It wasn't the person that I had ever been or ever want to be again. I wouldn't say it happened often, but I, but I definitely 
wouldn't wouldn't do it again if I could. If I'd had my wits about me, you know, I would I would have not behaved that way. Yeah, I think it's it's so such a common. I mean, I have a lot of good friends who have gone through the process, and I think when they look back, it's like you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. they say, right? And it's like, oh, I wish I did that differently. And I think I ask to, to help normalize that for people, right? To help normalize that like, man, this is a tough process and you're going to do things you regret or you're going to, you know, mess up. And, you know, suppose I wonder if you can talk about like, how to handle that and how to kind of make, make good, you know, like, sure. I mean, the best way and the the best way in a situation like that is to have some grace for yourself. Honestly, you have to have some grace and realize that yes, you, you acted out of character and, and yes, you know, you wish you could take it back. There's no excuse. There's a reason or an explanation in your mind why you did that in the moment, but just, you have to give yourself some grace because you under people and going through divorce are under such pressure. You know, you have the financial pressures, you're worried about your children, there's conflict going on, there's legal stuff coming your way. And you can, from time to time, lose it and and, and snap in a way. I mean, I don't mean snap in a dangerous way, but do something that you wouldn't usually do. And you have to give yourself grace in, in that. And then the minute you just feel the you know, there's something I should have done, work through the feelings of regret, of feeling bad, of feeling whatever, shame, then you can kind of it, it works its way through and you're like, okay, well, next time I'm not going to, you know, I'm obviously not going to behave this way, but I know what can I do to control my emotions when they get that triggered again so that I don't fall into that trap. I think it's important for people to talk about that, right? So it's like, and I think I really admire that you're a divorce coach yourself, talking about your own experience with a divorce coach and talking about like, look, that doesn't mean I'm perfect. A lot of times we revere coaches and therapists and think they go through life like doing things to a T. But in fact, I'm very open about anything that I write about or anything that I put out on my social media I've either tried it myself or I'm actively going through it. Like I want to be very authentic. And again, I'll say it over and over. I am not perfect as a co-parent by any means. I'm not perfect as a single mom. Every day I'm trying harder and harder. The same things that I'm teaching clients, I'm just a few chapters ahead of them. All you have to be is a therapist or a coach. You just want to be a chapter or two ahead of your clients. And that's the best place to be because you've just gone through it. You have a very, you intimately aware of what they've been through. I love that. You know, I'm, I feel called to ask you, in addition to divorce coaching, was there anything through your own divorce that really helped you? You know, whether it was like a self-care practice or a book or sort of like insider tips, and maybe you share them with your clients now where they come back to you and they say, Melissa, oh my God, that helped me so much. Yeah, sure. I mean, I read a ton of books. I listened to a ton of podcasts. I mean, there's so many. I'm trying to think one of the most impactful things for me was probably for the first time in my life ever, I got into meditation. I had never, ever thought I was the kind of person because I have such an active mind. My mind's racing all the time. I can't shut it down. I finally started trying meditation and I actually got it. Like I actually, it it helps me. I still do it. It works because it's, it's designed specifically for people like us whose mind can't stop. And I thought you had to do it perfectly and not have a single thought come into your head when you're trying to do a meditation. But actually it's designed, like people will tell you as you're going through them, don't worry if you have a thought, just let it part, like let it float by. Imagine it's leaves floating down a river. And that was really 
helpful. And I still do it to this day because again, when I'm trying to cope with my kids, I need to be able to shut my mind down in the chaos and just take a mental break. Even, you know, even though something's going on around me, I can just like shut down for a second and just refocus. So it, it was huge for me then. And I still do it to this day. And I think that was, there's one or two podcasts that really helped me while I was going through divorce and I would do it. I would play them every night when I was falling asleep. Interesting. And was there an app that you used to meditate? Because I think I can definitely relate to like, I know I should be doing this, but it's so hard. There's one called, um, I mean, do, do you want the actual name? Yeah, let's, let's go for the actual name. If you can, if you don't mind sharing one right now that I love called, let me just pull up. I think it's called Molly's mornings or let me get the exact name. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So there's one called Molly's morning, which is a morning meditation. And then there's another one called guided meditation with Yogi Brian. I think it's just called Yogi Brian or visualization with Yogi Brian. Okay. My favorite podcasts, are get over divorce with Julie Danielson. And she's a divorce coach or a therapist. She's a divorce coach. Oh, cool. Very good divorce coach. There's another one called Breakdown to Breakthrough with Lisa Romano. There's one called Heal, Survive, and Thrive with Stephanie Lynn. She's another great coach. Um, there's one called Unbreakable You, Break Up Without Being Broken by Lindsay Ellison. There's another um, lady by the name of Susan Guthrie. She has got a huge podcast called Divorce and Beyond, and I would listen to hers, you know, throughout the summer. It was the summer right when COVID hit. Um, I would, she's got a lot of educational going through divorce. What's a mediation? What's a, you know, the documents you need? It's more practical advice and she's really good. This is so great. Honestly, thank you so much for spending this time. I feel like there's, you have so much to offer and, you know. Honestly, and I could talk about this till I'm blue in the face. <laughs> really. I could keep asking you another 20 questions, but I will be conscious of your time and not do that. No, so. this is amazing. Thank you. I love yeah, it. Yeah, thank you again. Same. And we're so excited to have you um, contributing to Scarlet Society and um, everybody can find you. We'll include this in show notes, I'm sure, but um, everybody can find you at melissakhalil.com. Exactly. Yes. Thank you so awesome. much. Yeah. And I, my Instagram is Melissa Khalil coaching. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much again. It was so great to see you and chat with you. I love and- the work you guys are doing. And I love that we can talk about this and educate, inspire, motivate people. Cause I think at the end of the day, it's just when you feel alone and there's no light at the end of the tunnel is when you can really fall into traps you don't want to. So this is really important work. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Melissa. Sure, sure. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Your support means so much to us, and I hope you got some great value from today's episode. If you're looking for resources from today's show, or you'd like to join other women just like you, looking to explore their sexual health and wellness, visit us over at scarletsociety.com.